Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon from Oak Hill Church in Humboldt, Iowa. We pray that it helps you to know Christ, grow in Christ, and sow Christ wherever you are. For more information about who we are and what we're doing, go to oakhillhumble.org. It's a privilege and an honor to be here today to be a part of this preaching series called Supernatural Courage. Now, of course, I think you know this, that Pastor Doug and the elders didn't mean for this to be a history lesson. Let's talk about some great saints from the Old Testament and learn about them. But this is meant to be um, help to you to see how this supernatural courage is for everyone, including you. It's for the Iraqi Christian who was kidnapped and told, you can either convert to Islam, pay us a ransom, or be killed. It was for, it is for the, the Syrian Muslim who became a follower of Jesus and was later arrested because he was sharing the good news with other people. And we might have the idea that supernatural courage is especially for those kinds of people, kidnappings, arrests, but it's also for you when you go to work tomorrow and your coworker starts gossiping about someone else and you have the choice to either carry on with it or maybe to speak into that and to speak about what is good and right. It's for you when someone starts talking about the Bible as though it is a book, an, an ancient book full of false stories or uh, anti-women or, or anti uh, homosexual ideas, it's, it's a chance for you to have courage to stand up and say that this is the book that is the word of God, and it is the truth. So supernatural courage is not just for kidnappings or arrests, it's not just for the old saints of the Old Testament, it's for you today, tomorrow, in our everyday lives, we are in need of supernatural courage. So today we're going to look at, the, at Joshua. And he's a very good addition to a sermon series titled Supernatural Courage because he was so courageous. His life is worth emulating, but we want to ask ourselves, how was he able to be strong and courageous and what can we learn from him so that we can be strong and courageous? Before we look too much at our text, I want to give you an idea of who Joshua was. The first verse of the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 1 says... After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. So Joshua was Moses' assistant. It means he helped him with leadership. He helped him in ministry. They must have been very close. They spent a lot of time together. And in fact, Moses even felt the liberty to change his name. We read in Numbers 13, verse 16, and Moses called Hosea, the son of Nun, Joshua. Now, let's ask, what's the, what's the significance of a name? Why was this name changed? Hosea and Joshua both have the same root meaning in Hebrew. The root means salvation or deliverance, and this is what Hosea means. But the name Joshua has something added. It has the word ya or the letter ya added to it, which in English comes across as a J, so that his name was Yehoshua. Now, the Yah is a shortened form of Yahweh, which is the Lord. 
And so now, instead of his name meaning deliverance, now his name means Yahweh delivers or the Lord delivers. I think Moses made this change as, in, in a way, an act of prophecy to communicate just what was going to happen as the Lord, through Joshua, would deliver his people, would save his people. Through the years, Yehoshua was shortened in Hebrew to become the name Yeshua. Maybe you know that name. In Greek, it's Jesus. In English, it's Jesus. So Joshua and Jesus had the same name. Translated from Hebrew, it becomes Joshua. Translated from Greek, it becomes Jesus. Now, the book of Joshua is absolutely about Jesus Christ, just as all the scriptures are about Jesus Christ. But the unique thing about Joshua is that not only is his book about him, but Joshua himself is a type. He foreshadows Jesus in different ways in his life and ministry so that we can learn from his life itself about the coming one who is truly the embodiment of the Lord saves or Yahweh saves. Now Joshua is first mentioned in the Bible in Exodus chapter 17 verses 8 to 16. Amalek had come to fight with Israel and Joshua was the commander of the army. Moses told Joshua that he would stand on the hill with God's staff while Joshua went out with the men and fought against Amalek. Exodus 17.10 says, Joshua did as Moses told him. So the first thing we learn about Joshua is that he was obedient. Uh, There is something you notice throughout the book of Joshua. He was a man who had authority, and he was also a man who submitted to the authority above him. Now, you may remember during this battle that when Moses lifted his hands high, Joshua and the people would be victorious, but when his arms got tired and fell, the Amalekites would start to be victorious. So Aaron and Hur held up his hands, and Joshua and the people of Israel defeated the Amalekites. It says in Exodus 17, 13, Joshua overwhelms Amalek and his people with the sword. After the battle, God told Moses to write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua. So clearly, God wanted Joshua to remember this victory. He knew that there would be challenges in the future, and he he would need reminders of the ways in which God acted in power to deliver, to save, to help, to encourage, so that when the challenges come in the future, he'd have a basis upon which to trust Just as God helped me then, he will help me today. And we too, when we need our courage sustained or built up, we need reminders of God's past grace, remembering what God has done so that we'll have faith in what God will do. Joshua was very close to Moses, and he was almost always with him. In fact, he had such a special relationship with Moses, the one who spoke to God face to face, That of all the people, Joshua alone was allowed to go with Moses up the mountain when Moses spoke with God in Exodus 24. Joshua loved the presence of God. So when Moses would meet with God in the tent of meeting, a pillar of cloud would come down as they were talking. And all the people of Israel would gather at the, 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 the doors of their tents and they would worship the Lord while the pillar of cloud was descended. Well, then in Exodus 33, it says, 
Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. He so enjoyed God's presence that he didn't want to leave. And so he would stay, just basking in the presence of God. Supernatural courage requires a supernatural source, namely the presence of God. As a trusted leader among the people, Joshua was also one of the chosen to be the 12 tribes that would spy out the land. And as we know this story, they went in, they saw the good land, but they also saw the great giant fighters, and they came back, and only Joshua and Caleb believed that the Lord could deliver uh, those warriors into their hands and give them this land. The other 10 all doubted, all disbelieved, all grumbled, all complained, and were able to convince the people against God's plan, and they were ready to stone Moses and Joshua and Caleb. As a result of Israel's disobedience and their lack of faith, not one person from that generation was allowed to enter into the promised land, except Joshua and Caleb. God makes the reason for this distinction between them and the rest of Israel explicit in Numbers 32, 11 and 12. Surely none of the men who came up out of Egypt from 20 years old and upward shall see the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. None except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. So supernatural courage also requires wholehearted devotion. Finally, as Moses neared the end of his life, Joshua was chosen by God as his successor. Numbers 27, 18. So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. Make him stand before Eliezer the priest and all the congregation, and you shall commission him in their sight. You shall invest him with some of your authority that all the congregation of the people of Israel may obey. So Joshua was obedient, Moses' assistant. He loved God's presence. Uh, He was a great leader in battle. He was full of faith in God's ability to save. He served Moses faithfully. And then look again at verse 1 of Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. So Moses had this honored title of servant of the Lord, while Joshua is Moses' assistant. But by the end of his life, he's no longer remembered as Moses' assistant. Instead, he too attains the honor of the title servant of the Lord. The book of Joshua ends with Joshua's death. And in chapter 24, verse 29, it says, After these things, Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died. So Joshua, too, proved himself faithful in all that God had commanded. He wholly followed the Lord, and he was not merely Moses' assistant, but the servant of the Lord. So with that introduction about who Joshua was, now we're ready to look at chapter 1 to see how it was that he was strong and courageous. Read with me verses 2 to 5. God says to Joshua, 
Moses, my servant, is dead. Now imagine the implications of that. Moses, my servant, is dead. The Israelites had all been slaves. So imagine you're one of them. Your entire life, you have known nothing but slavery. Your parents have known nothing but slavery. Your grandparents and your great-grandparents, generation and generation and generation back, more than 400 years, every one of you has known nothing but slavery. There was no hope. You were a weak people being enslaved by a strong people, no hope of change, and then came Moses. God raised Moses up to stand in front of Pharaoh, to stand up to the mighty kingdom of Egypt, and through him performed great miracles, the likes of which you never probably would have imagined before, so that Pharaoh himself said, go, let them out, Pass through the Red Sea on dry land. You watch your enemy's army be swallowed up by the Red Sea, all through the leadership of this one, Moses. And now you're ready to enter into the promised land, knowing there are great armies in there. And Moses is dead. So Joshua is now to take up the leadership of this man. God says to him, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go go over this Jordan, which incidentally they will cross on dry land as well. You and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, All the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. That's a great task given to Joshua. Following in the footsteps of a great leader. How will he do it? Well, notice the audacious promise given in verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. So no man, not a single one of these great warriors will be able to withstand Joshua. Why? Because Joshua was so strong, such a great warrior? Certainly not. By this time, he's an old man. So why is it that no one will be able to stand before him? Because just as God, the maker of the heavens and the earth, the one who by the word of his power made all things be, because that God will be with him. He will not leave him. He will not forsake him. And that's the promise that comes right before the repeated commands of be strong and courageous. Look at verse 6. Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, 
But you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So this command, be strong and courageous, is said in verse 6, and then again in verse 7, and then again in verse 9, and even the people of Israel in verse 18 repeat it. Kind of like, yeah, we will follow you, Joshua, but please be strong and courageous. And even Moses, before he died, gave the same exhortation to Joshua in Deuteronomy 31, 7 and 8. Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Clearly, it's really important that Joshua not be afraid, but instead be strong and courageous. But what reason does he have to be strong and courageous? How will he find the strength? His task is to lead this great people into this land following in the footsteps of the greatest of leaders. This land that's full of fortified cities and great warriors, giant warriors. From where will his strength and courage come? From the promises of God. God has said, he's already promised in verse 3 that he's gonna, he has given him the land. He had promised that in verse 5 that no man will be able to withstand him or stand before him. He promised in verse 6 that, is, that Joshua would cause Israel to inherit the land. And the greatest promise, though, in my mind is verse 5. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Again, in verse 9, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Just as I was with Moses. Now, how was God with Moses? God was with Moses to give him courage to stand up to the Pharaoh, the king. God was with Moses to perform amazing signs and wonders. God was with Moses to deliver hundreds of thousands of people from bondage and slavery, centuries of bondage and slavery. That's how God was with Moses. And that's how God's promising to be with Joshua. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. So Joshua has really good reason to be strong and courageous. The Almighty Lord of the universe has promised to be with him. The one who merely spoke and everything came into being, that one has promised to be with him always. That one has promised to fight for him. And it's in light of this promise that Joshua is able to be strong and courageous. We're told in Proverbs 28.1, the wicked flee when no one pursues. Why? Because they're cowards. They have to hold on to their comfort, their safety with everything they have. They, they flee even when there's not someone there. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. The righteous are as bold as a lion. How? Why? 
because of the promise of God. The promise of God that says they're righteous. The promise of God that has delivered them from sin because of Jesus Christ's resurrection and death on a cross. The promise of God that they will live with him in joy and happiness forever. The promise of of God that though someone else may kill them, they can never steal from them their eternal joy, eternal inheritance, which is imperishable, undefiled, unfading. And so the righteous are bold as a lion because they have nothing to lose. Even if they lose their lives, after thousands and thousands of years in the presence of God and their Savior, Jesus Christ, they will have lost nothing when they're five years, the five years or 10 or 20 or even 40 years that they may have missed. There is no loss. It's only gain. And when you have nothing to lose, you can be bold, bold as a lion. And so Joshua had this promise that God is with him, always with him, just as he had been with Moses, to do great things, to do miraculous things, to do great acts of power. That's how he was going to be with him. And that's how Joshua was able to be strong and courageous. It was the confident knowledge that God would never leave him or forsake him that enabled him to implement what is probably the most ridiculous military strategy in the history of the world. You remember the story of Jericho? This great walled city, fortified city with great warriors standing on the wall, guarding the city. And what was their strategy? We're just going to walk around it. Then we'll go back to our camp. The next day, we're just going to walk around it, go back to our camp. Seven days they did this. On the seventh day, they walked around seven times, and the walls came tumbling down. In Joshua chapter 6, starting in verse 2, the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus you shall do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. So God said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. Now, what really could Joshua see? He saw a strong, fortified city. He saw mighty warriors. That's what he could see physically. But he had eyes of faith. He had seen the power of the Almighty God who was with him. His eyes had seen the commander of the Lord's army. And so what he could see was a God who was Lord of heaven and earth who was with him and for him and fighting his battles. Joshua wouldn't physically see the giving of Jericho into his hands until he took it. 
But even before he took it, he could see that God had given it because God said it. And Joshua had faith to believe it. He saw by faith. And this faith is crucial for obedience. Seeing must happen before obedience. We won't obey the one we don't trust. We won't obey unless we see who he is and why he's worthy of our obedience. We can't see him if we don't, we can't obey him if we don't see him. So we need to see God. We need to know God. And of course, we know there's one way that that happens. It is Jesus Christ who perfectly reveals to us who God the Father is. It is in Jesus that we see who God is. And it is through Jesus that we come to know him, not about him, but actually know him as Father. And so we see. And once we see, we're enabled to obey. Look at the beginning of chapter 8, if you like. Uh, About halfway through verse 1, God says almost the same thing to Joshua concerning the city of Ai. He says, see, I have given it into into your hand, the king of Ai and his people, his city and his land. But notice that right before this, God says to, to Joshua, do not fear and do not be dismayed. See, I have given you into your hand. Do not fear and do not be dismayed. When we read this in Joshua, we should immediately recall Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So the reality, which could not be seen by physical eyes, was that God had given Jericho to Israel. It was settled. God had done it. It was over. He had given. And therefore, Joshua and Israel could be confident that they could go up against Jericho and be victorious, even with the craziest of battle plans. This is why the author of Hebrews says in chapter 11, verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. It was by faith they fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. God had given, so Israel believed. They had faith, and by their faith, the walls came down. So Joshua could be strong and courageous. Why? Because he knew that God was with him. He knew that he was with him in power to bring good to his people. Well, what about us? How will we be strong and courageous? Is God with us? Can we know this is true of us, or is this something special for Joshua? After all, the promise was specifically to Joshua. Well, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, For all the promises of God find their yes in Christ. All the promises of God in Jesus are yes. The promise, I will never leave you or forsake you, that's yours. Yes. Or as Paul says in Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Not a few blessings, not some blessings, not many blessings, not a lot of blessings. Every spiritual blessing is ours in Christ. Jesus purchased them by his death and resurrection and they are ours for the taking. And so yes, all of God's promises are for you. Yes, the promise that he is with us is for you. 
if you'll believe. The author of Hebrews writes in Hebrews 13, Hebrews 13, verse 5, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. And now he's going to give us the reason. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Why? For God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Where did he say that? In the book of Joshua. That's where he said it. And so that promise is for us. And because of that promise, we don't have to love money. We don't have to serve money. We've been freed from that. Because God has already given us all that we need. And now we're free. We're free to love. We're free to give our time, our money, our lives. We're free to be bold as lions because of what Jesus himself did. And of course, the Great Commission. What did Jesus promise us in the Great Commission? And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He promises he's with us always. How can he make such an incredible promise? Because he's risen from the dead, never to die again. He has been installed as the King of kings and Lord of lords, and no one can overwhelm him or overpower him. His kingdom is unending. And so as the king who will never die, he can promise and does. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So how are you going to be strong and courageous in the times that we live to, 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 to love, to not give in to gossip, to not give in to fear? You're going to do it insofar as you experience God's promise to be with you. Now, this is not like thinking about if you're one of the people in Louisiana right now, everything's flooding and someone from Colorado calls and says, hey, we're with you. That's one way someone can be with you. They're thinking about us. But God said to Joshua, I will be with you as I was with Moses. Not just in sentiment, not just in thoughts, but in power to do awesome things. And that's how God promises to be with us. He promises to come next to us, to give us help and grace and power to love others, to serve. And so we have good reason for being strong and courageous today with our neighbors, with our coworkers, with our family, with our friends, because God is with us in Jesus Christ, Emmanuel. We can be strong and courageous not just because we know this truth. Lots of people might know about Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. We can be strong and courageous not because we know this truth, but because we know him who is the truth. The one who promises to always be with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your grace to us in Jesus Christ. We thank you for loving us to the point that you would send your son to die, that we might be with you, made your sons and daughters. Oh, Father, help us to believe, to believe this amazing act of past grace that through the 
death and resurrection of your son, we were made new, made righteous, forgiven of sins, made holy and blameless. Empower us by your spirit that you send to live in us to today be bold, strong, and courageous because you are with us. Just as you were with Moses, just as you were with Joshua, just as you were with Jesus, you are with us. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.